This is the Jamal Show. Down in Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show. What's up with this? If you can hear the sound of my voice, you have been blessed with yet another day. Yet another day to call whoever you need to call and fix whatever it is you need to fix. And while it is true that an important national holiday is coming up, that would be July 4th, the day of our national independence, the birthday of the country, I will say to you from my perspective that every day that you wake up should be a holiday. For instance, it shouldn't have to be Father's Day for us, for us all to recognize the merits of fatherhood. Men who have had a child wake up as a father every single day. And so it follows that you shouldn't need Independence Day to appreciate the level of freedom that we have as Americans or to appreciate your gift of life. That's the truth. By the way, please allow me to remind you that roughly 8,300 of your fellow Americans did not wake up this morning. So congratulations, you won life's lottery for yet another day. And what a day it is, what a week, what a month. What a time to live and learn. As life goes on, the more revealing it becomes to you. It becomes a revelation as you get near the end, just like the Bible. Perhaps my point of view emanates from my religious upbringing. Now, you might not be able to tell, Dr. Matt, but I was raised in church. All right? With those shoes? Yep, and I come from a God-fearing family. I come from a God-fearing family with these shoes. And while I'm not exactly a Bible thumper these days, some things have stayed with me. Maybe that's why I value the gift of life so much. But also, I was always fascinated with how the Bible is structured. You might know something about this, Archbishop. First, it gives you a history of the old-style religion. Then it breaks down what you have to do to be cool in a new style religion. And then in the end, it gives you a revelation. It reveals what the whole thing is about at the end. The Bible lays out what happens in the proverbial end. Literally, it's proverbial. I think the word proverbial comes from the Bible. In fact, but it's amazing because in the Bible, the revelation comes at the end just like life. You really want to know what happened? You really want to know what's going on in the world? Just stick around long enough. Get to the end. Get to Revelation. And when you get to Revelation, it will surprise you. Because in real life, nothing is really as it appears. For example, for example, who would have thought that our Supreme Court really thinks about a woman's right to be autonomous over her own body? Who'd have thought? Not me. We'll be talking about that a little later. In addition, the economy has some surprises for us. It seems like everything's really expensive these days, from eggs to tampons to milk to baby formula, if you can find it. What is this economy revealing to us? We'll be talking about that in a little bit in the third segment, if we can make it. But more recently, much more recently, we've had the activities of the glorious January 6th committee. That's the committee investigating the insurgents on the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Now, you may remember that insurgents because all the white people with cameras taking pictures of themselves committing crimes. I must admit, Dr. Mack, I really thought nothing big would ever come from this committee. I really thought it would be like the September 11th committee. You know, I thought they'd investigate a situation that I already had all the answers to and release a report that I would never read. Because we all know what happened September 11th. You know, the, the, the committee was necessary to document the attack on America, but it wasn't revealing. Yeah, but now you have a brother head who's the chairman of the committee. And I will tell you that he has exceeded all of my expectations. I was just going to say that. The September 11th committee didn't reveal anything new, but it was necessary for history. You know, but this, this January 6th committee has been a revelation in itself. It's different from all the other normal congressional hearings that don't reveal anything. So what have we learned in the last two weeks alone? Well, first you may remember the testimony from Shay Moss almost two, two weeks ago. She's the black election work, worker from Georgia. 
She gave a powerful testimonial about being harassed by delusional Trump supporters. You know, they're very rare. <laughs> it's rare when you find a delusional Trump supporter. Right. Most of them, like, spot on. Like, right, right. On. They really have you know, it down. Straight-headed, yeah. you yeah. know? So she found, she somehow found some delusional Trump supporters, and they, and they, and they harassed her. And, I mean, it was just maddening. Did you see the hearing with Shea Moss? Yes, I did. Okay. So... One of the things he said was that her life changed forever when Rudy Giuliani, that brilliant attorney, that brilliant up-and-coming attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and stand-up comedian Donald Trump publicly claimed that she and her mother had rigged the election in Georgia. Two, two average American citizens rigged the whole election in Georgia. That's what Trump told me. I think I see money in her future. I do, too. She, she sucked more con- congressional hands than, like... There's definitely, I mean, you know, a yeah. half-assed lawyer can make some money there. Yeah. <laughs> she testified, and I quote, a lot of threats were wishing death upon me and telling me I'd be in jail with my mother and saying things like, be glad it's 2020 and not 1920. Can you believe that white people are still come with those old lines? Make America great again. Yo, um, by the way, if someone told me that, I'd tell them maybe they should be the ones who are glad. Like I got dead someone to tell me, oh, be glad it's 2020 and not 1920. Right. Like, dude, don't get punched in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, that was only the beginning for Shea Moss, though. Trump people showed up at the home of her grandmother, which I consider a violation. I don't know about y'all. Don't go to my grandmother's house. If you do that, you might get shot. It's a wrap. Anyway, that was only the beginning for Shea Moss. They showed up to her grandmother's house. They tried to push their way in search for evidence of fraud at her grandmother's house. Um, once again, that's a violation. Both she and her mother, Ruby Freeman, were forced into hiding. They were forced to quit their jobs with the election department. Can I just add something about Grandma? I have to say, not only did they show up at her house, they continued to harass this elderly woman by sending, ordering pizzas, sending oh, yeah. to the house, they, knocking on her they door. They did that. All kinds of hours of the night, giving her the fright of her life. It's just... This yeah, yeah, they, they ordered 100 pizzas to a house, and they wanted her to pay. You know that... That old prank that kids played on, play on each other, that's a standard Trump thing now. That's, that's what Trump people do to people now. So how was re- revealing was that? Without sworn testimony like that, no one would ever know that regular people were harmed by stand-up comedian Trump's lies. Not just elected officials, not just Capitol Police officers, but regular people who thought that volunteering was their civic duty. What a revelation. But even more revealing than that testimony was this week's surprise hearing. The hearing featured a 26-year-old senior, so she's 26 now, but she was 25 when she was working at the White House. And she was a senior assistant to the White House chief of staff. That, um, I won't say it on uh, family radio, but he's not a very nice guy. But his name is Mark Meadows. Now, with that said, her name is Cassidy Hutchinson. And if you haven't heard her name by now, that means you probably died last week. Congratulations to you at the funeral because, my friends, she popped up for an emergency hearing in front of the January 6th committee, and boy, does she have a lot to reveal. Now, I can't go through all of her revelations on how much of a clown Donald Trump is because I only have an hour, and honestly, that would take days. But we have compiled a few big points that we'd like to share with you for now, first of all, and I'm going to get the uh, audience reaction on this. Number one, Trump knew his supporters had weapons and encouraged them to march in the Capitol. And he tried to go, too. Thoughts? Anybody? My thought is that uh, they should have gone through. You think they should have let him go? Yeah, let him come through. I agree 100%. I can't say I'm surprised about this. I think they should let him go. Trump could have lied about Antifa being the culprit. That he wasn't the fact that he wasn't there allowed allowed him to lie about it, who was yeah. actually there, um, and the fact that he wasn't there allowed him to act like he didn't know it was going to happen. But you know, man. But I fought to get there, right? You're going to tell him that. You're going to tell my peoples that, right? I mean, I almost had to jack up a secret service man to get there. Yeah, yeah. He would have. Yeah, his people would have loved it, but tried to take over the bourbon. If I was a secret service agent, I would have let him go make a fool of himself. I'd be like, oh, you really want to go? Let's go then. Come on. Let's go. Yeah. Go ahead. Get out. I would have loved to see the cameras, like, see him there getting, getting out and making a fool of himself in public. And I don't know why they didn't do that. Like, I understand that the Secret Service, they're the ones that run the, the transportation. It's not the president. Um, there was an incident where when September, of 11th, September 11th happened, Dick Cheney was the uh, vice president at the time. And the Secret Service busted into a meeting that he was at and pulled him up by the belt. 
Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to leave. And they're like, we're the ones that control this. Um, they had to tell uh, Ronald Reagan once that they're in control of the uh, Air Force One. Yeah. They're in control of the of the transportation. The president doesn't get to tell them where to go when they're driving. That's interesting. They've had to tell the president, this is our plan, not yours. You know? I, and I want to add, you know, you say you wonder why. They say their job is to protect the president, right? So they didn't let him go because they wanted to protect him from what they know. If he goes there, he's going to be looking bad. So they're not only protecting his body, but... They're trying to protect his reputation. Exactly, because they're going along with him this whole time, no matter what they say. They and that's another thing. I don't care what your title is. I'm not letting a dude grab me by the neck. <laughs> I don't care what your title is. What's interesting also... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What two groups... Well, have you never seen called in front of a committee? Real quick. Um, what two Secret groups? Service. Secret Service. Go ahead. And the President? Butlers and maids of the White House. Yeah, that would be an interesting one. <laughs> they know too much. They know too much. Well, you know what the problem is? They, they're more concerned about their job, so they don't want to testify. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. They hire the kind of people that aren't rich, right? Yeah. That have a lot to lose, right? So if you lose this job, who knows what will happen to you? You know what I'm saying? But I can't say I'm surprised about this. His, his point number two. Trump didn't want to call off the rioters even when they chanted hang Mike Pence. In fact, in fact, he was kind of um, excited about the chant, hang Mike Pence. You know, I'd love to be Mike Pence's therapist right now. Either his therapist or Chris Rock's therapist. <laughs> Two people that aren't talking. But as Mike Pence's therapist, I would need to know why he wants to lead a party whose base wants to hang him. Like, hey man, I'm a Democrat. My, my family has always been in in favor of Joe Biden. This ain't the first time I've seen Joe Biden come around. Um, my grandmother, my whole family loves Joe Biden. But if he was like, let's hang Jamal today, I'm not with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not with it. And this is my guy, Mike Pence. He'll say anything to please the Republican Party. And not only did they chant hang Mike Pence, they had the forethought. They had the, the common sense of forethought to build the gallows. They were like, hey, yeah, we can't I saw just that. say hang Mike I Pence. Know. It's almost like it almost had like the head like the French had the guillotine out there, you know what I mean? And you can't just buy gallows at Walmart. No, you have if you want a gallows, you have to build it you yourself. Build. With nails and they and built it quickly. Yeah, yeah, because they had uh, they had. By a the way, what happened to it? I That's don't know. A good question. I bet you it was in the garage of some Trump supporter hey. waiting for Mike Pence to come around. Hey. And here's the thing: so they planned the whole Mike Pence thing. And to add emphasis to it, they built a gallows just in case you weren't sure about their motivations. You know what I'm saying? That's that's amazing. This is why we have to go after the supporters of Trump. No, what's amazing is that Mike Pence wants to defend them. Like, all you got to do to make me turn on you is say, hang Jamal. And I'm like, <laughs> this guy might not be on my team anymore. Hey, he I sound like my He might not be my well, buddy. But Mike Pence, he goes around telling people, oh, I'm so proud of the Trump administration. We did such great things. The best thing was when they all gathered around and built a gallows for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, that, Mike Pence is unexplainable. Oh, Apparently, he still wants to be nominated by a party that. So, we're beyond burning an effigy, right? Yeah, yeah. Burning an effigy. That's so old. That, oh, that's so I'm 80. sorry. I didn't mean to date myself. I can myself. tell you, age. Didn't now. mean to date myself. <laughs> you know? Didn't mean to date myself. There's no harm in burning an effigy, so we got to do things that have right. harm we with them. Right. You know, so that's what I don't understand. I don't understand the Mike Pence. That's another thing. This is a January 6th committee that's investigating what happened on January 6th, obviously. This Mike Pence thing happened on January 6th. If they had said hang Jamal, I'd be at the committee, like, dropping my guts. I'd be like, yo, I was trying to be a good leader, but then these people wanted to hang me. So I'm going to let y'all know what happened. But he's protecting the same people that went against him. So that I don't understand. Here's another point. There was an extensive pardon list. Everyone knows what a pardon is. That's when the president says... You, that's a get-out-of-jail-free card from the president, basically. On federal crimes. <laughs> On federal crimes only. That's a good point. Not state crimes. Everybody involved with stand-up comedian Trump at this time wanted a pardon from him. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why he gave it. It certainly wasn't morals or ethics that stopped him. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I said, I've come to con- my conclusion is because they were unsuccessful in what they did. So he, you know, in my mind, he said, screw you guys. I mean, you know, we weren't successful. Why should I pardon you? Well, we also know that part of the reason why he gave a rebuke of the people, the writers, is because he was threatened. He was threatened with the 25th Amendment. 
Yeah. He was threatening that we're going to, hey, how would it look if the last 15 days of your, of your term involved removing you early? Well, three had already walked out. Three of the cabinet members said, we're out of here. You know, we can't deal with this. Isn't that somehow the cabinet members aren't saying anything? You know, like, it just makes me feel like everyone's been paid off. They've right? got to come up, you know. I mean, but it, it has to be a sensible time limit to this, this, this committee investigation. But, man, I'd love to hear from them. Man, the, um, not only are people, were people asking for pardons, right? But the people that aren't asking for pardons are pleading the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> not to incriminate themselves in a crime. At least they're pleading that right now. Now, people usually seek a pardon. Or, or plead the fifth when they think they may be involved in something illegal. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Mac. I don't blame them for that. Well, I don't blame them for seeking a pardon when they may be involved in something well, illegal. That was my common understanding of yeah. it. As, as I talked to a many attorney, but as I've been reading, you know, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, pardon drop, name drop, um, there have been good arguments as to that's not the case. I mean, you could just seek a pardon just for uh, like a backup protection deal. But, but it also without com- admitting it still, fault. It still comes down to protection of you, though, right? Yes, 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 right. yes And it's yes. protection of you from criminal charges. That's right, right. But, but the deal is: Are you admitting liability? Are you admitting? No, you're that just you scared wrong? that you might be might charged. be right. Yeah, this you're is scared a maybe. that you might be charged. Yeah, well, but yeah. but it's a protective mechanism. It's like putting a mask on if you're going to get punched right, in the face. Right, right, right. Now, so here's the thing. I don't blame them for seeking a pardon. If I was involved in that thing, I would seek a pardon as well. Here's here's what I blame them for. Um, what I blame them for is partaking in something as illegal as trying to steal an election on behalf of stand-up comedian Trump. Now, if you told me, Jamal, I'm working for Michael Bloomberg and we're going to try to steal this election, I get that. Michael Bloomberg has ethics, morals, he has more money, he, he, he's an honorable man, you know. But we've seen Donald Trump throw people on the bus before. Guys, right? look, look. We have a, a list of lawyers that lost their law licenses. We have a list of people that went to jail trying to defend Donald Trump. So my question to these elected officials is why would you do that for him? You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we would all protect our mothers, right? Because, you know, uh, our mothers were... The only, the only reason we're having this discussion on this, and let's be quite frank about it, is because Trump lost. This is another thing he lost. If he had won... We would not even, none of this would be, be talked about, right. you know, maybe very briefly, but none of this. And this is what, the third thing he's lost? He's never won the general, he's never won the, uh, won an election uh, with the majority of the people. Right, 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 right. He right. never and won that, the popular vote, right, never. That, right, and, uh, that, and now this. Good time to point out that Barack Obama won the popular vote, both of his elections, with more than 50% of the vote. Just had ever since he was the first one to do that since Eisenhower, right? So I just have to make that point. It can be done, but by better men. And to make another point, and Trump was mad about that too. <laughs> yeah, it can be done, but it has to be done by better men. My thing is, look, look, I'm not gonna act like I've never seen a crime committed by my circle before, right? But there's people you go down for and people you don't. You know what I'm saying? Like I always, I'm always amazed as a lawyer when I see grown adults doing crimes with children. Because uh, when you get a 16-year-old on a police station, they're singing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're singing old R. Kelly tunes. They're going to sing. You know? You get a man or you do it by yourself. You know? To be Trump as a child, why do any crime with him? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't think he's going to turn you in? Well, we have a long list of people he, whose lives he destroyed. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he we'll has destroyed a lot of lives. There's possible witness tampering, people. Trump is paying a lot of witness lawyers as well. And oh, we yeah. Know, I mean, the attorney of witnesses, you know, the attorney for the witnesses, the witnesses, you know, and also he's tried to backdoor a, uh, he tried to tell him, look, stick with me and I, and I got your back with a pardon. Here's another sample in a different context. This is a call received by one of our witnesses. Quote, a person let me know you have your deposition tomorrow. He wants me to let you know he's thinking about you. He knows you're loyal. And you're going to do the right thing when you go in for your deposition. I think most Americans know that attempting to influence witnesses to testify untruthfully 
presents very serious concerns. If you didn't know, that's my homegirl from the projects, uh, Liz, Congresswoman Liz Cheney. I tell you, man, <laughs> you know she has definitely gone up a lot of notches in my world. Okay? But I got to tell you, man, I know you're a dentist. I have friends, uh, man, uh, and they're looking <laughs> for some uh, some work. I heard you know that. But, not, but, nice but, house you got right, there right, right, stuff in it. Right, be right. a shame something happened to it. Uh, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Make, me, make me an offer I can't. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. Hey, right. Deborah, nice but, outfit no, you got but, on today. Be ashamed if something but happens to Liz, you. Liz, <laughs> Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney's stock has risen in, in in my black heart tremendously. All right, now I don't agree with a lot of the policies, but like it or not, this woman has become presidential, and that's amazing because she's so um, courageous. This this twenty twenty six year old twenty six year old woman that came to to what's her name, Cassidy Hutchinson. By the way, I, I seem to be the only one asking this question, but how do you become a White House chief of staff to the chief of staff at 25 years old? How do you do that? Senior how assistant, do you do that? by the way. How do you become a senior advisor to the White House at 25? No one's answered that question for me yet. How, at 25, who's ready to become a senior advisor to anybody great at 25? recommendations. Yeah, that must have <laughs> something to do with her picture. Pe- recommendations. Yeah, yeah, her right. picture because she was, right. she's gorgeous. Uh, and apparently that holds a lot of weight in the Trump administration. Uh, obviously, you know, we he has a history. She's describing. And you almost made me say some things. <laughs> she's, she's describing. How he feels about women now. <laughs> she's, describing, she's describing scenes in her testimony where... Where Mark, where the the Speaker of the House, I mean, um, the speak the the Minority Leader of the House, um, I forgot his name, is screaming at her about, hey, get the president here, get the president there. I'm like, you realize he's 25, right? My son is 24, and as brilliant as he is, I would never let him be my chief of staff. I just wouldn't. You gotta have like wisdom for that job, right? You know, what I, I, yeah, I, shoot, I I agree with you one hundred percent. But like you to I my, said, if I brought you to my law office and I said this are, is the person that runs my whole practice, she's twenty five. You'd be like, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> who, who's who's wise enough at twenty five to run the White House? Well, obviously Trump likes to have some nice things walking around, and then some nice things, and then you wonder, they wonder why she's testifying because you hired her and she's twenty five, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? She right. doesn't have anything invested in you. So when, let me tell you something. When she's 45, all these people are going to be dead. <laughs> in 20 years, all these people are going to be dead. And she's going to be and, the last one there to tell the story. And she's going to be a superstar with Liz Cheney. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I just don't understand. Like that. This is why I don't do crimes with 16 year olds. <laughs> and I always just, I'm like, if you got to do a crime, if you got to do something wrong. Don't pick a twenty-five-year-old to do it with. If she had picked, if they had picked like a sixty-year-old, like John Dean back in the day or something mm-hmm. like that, he'd have went down with them. There's yeah. a lot of guys going down for the Trump administration. Surprisingly, oh. this this um, FBI agent that wants to go around lying. Oh, see, I didn't say that to her. You know, I'm with Trump. All this stuff. It's going to be interesting to see what the Department of uh, Justice Department is going to do. Look, people lie. You're a good friend of mine. I would probably lie for you if your life depended on it. I wouldn't lie for Trump. I wouldn't give up my secret service, you know, reputation for Trump. I, it just amazes me that people are still doing that. Well, and you know what? Well, while Liz Cheney's doing that, the Republicans have a lot to say. You know what they're saying? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they have to say about this whole thing. And these are supposed to be leaders, right? And I, I know i got to move on. We're running out of time, folks. So I'm going to keep going. During the last hearing, Cheney read a statement sent to a witness that would that say they should stay in good graces with Trump. This man is acting like a mob boss in broad daylight. In broad daylight. To me, this is blatant witness tampering and the relationship between Trump's lawyers and hearing witnesses should be looked at closely. Because Cassidy Hutchinson herself had a Trump lawyer up until the time she decided to testify. She wasn't testifying because she had a Trump lawyer that was paid for by Trump. It was only when she decided to leave that lawyer that she was allowed to testify. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Now, that to me is blatant witness tampering. So, I actually got to set up the show. So, welcome to Saturday, my friends, the very next day of your life. This is the Jamal Show, the place where we practice intelligence. Live and on your favorite podcasting network, my name is Jamal. I'm an attorney and an information junkie from Harlem. And I'm passing the fruits of my illness on to you. As for me, I'm your listener guide, mostly along for the ride, coming straight through the Hartford studios of WKND, and I'm doing that live. Up until the day when Congressman, woman Liz Cheney becomes a coward 
and that means I'll be around forever, but at least you'll be entertained. On this day, the revolution will be televised live on Facebook and Instagram, because why not? It's free and logical these days. Gotta say hello to the Archbishop. God's cold in the fire. How are you? I imagine you're good. Hello. Good morning. Also, it's always great to see you, Dr. Matt. Going natural with your hairstyle. Of course. As good usual. Good morning. I also feel a deep obligation to greet my sign language interpreter, Deborah, even though she's only a woman. Oh, and I wow. kid because God loves me. I'm kidding because God loves me. Let me remind you that sending a shout out on radio to deaf people is cool, especially when it's on Instagram. So please check the Jamal Souls Instagram page. Do that right now. I'll wait. Moving on, while we are live on the radio right now on WKND 97.5 FM, you can hear us best while using a live radio app on your phone or laptop like the Extreme Mix Radio app, the TuneIn Radio app. If you can't find those apps, I have a revelation for you. Your phone is broken. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, it's been about a month since you last heard my voice. You're welcome for that, too. The last time we talked, the theme was dysfunction, and damn it, if I'm not an expert at that, I'm an expert at nothing. Today, the theme is revelation. What we have found is that it usually comes at the end of something. In fact, I've learned that in my own life, that if I want to know how things work around here, i got to hang around for a while. Well, how will I pull that off, my friends? Well, how I always do it, by scheming and planning on how to get you all more intelligent. And it's not easy at all with Republicans trying to force victims of rape and incest to have children by their attackers. That's just wrong. It's the type of wrong that a third party shouldn't have to verify for you by checking with a reference. By the way, for the few months we have left to live before the Russians attack, I will be working as a Connecticut attorney. So here's a shout-out to the Connecticut Bar Association, of which I'm a proud member. Now, if you came late to the party, I will remind you that this broadcast will soon be up on every podcast network that ever existed. That's a lie, of course, but it's a lie we can make true with your help. So please share the gift of the Jamal Show with a loved one, and I will owe you a kiss. As a side note, I only kiss women, so men will get a handshake. <laughs> Lastly, please know that my views do not represent the views of the station. I actually think they love stand-up comedian Trump over here, and they think that I'm the stand-up comedian. But that greatly overrates my talent, so they are wrong, but I digress. Now, if you're feeling a little crazy, like Girls Gone Wild, then you can call and join the discussion at any time. Just call 860-218-2173, and please don't give my number to the cops. P.S. You'll probably regret it like Girls Gone Wild. Now, it's time for a break for the great independent music that you can find right now on all streaming pa- platforms in this universe. Just look for a group called Seeds of Labor. The title of this song is Traveling Man, and again, you can find it everywhere. See you guys right after the break with Roe vs. Wade. There we go. Sign me off. Should I start? The present or the beginning? A traveling man who never has more than a shilling. A Swiss franc, a peso. Because life is like a race of rats. That's why I write my little raps. Connecting consonants to verbs and bringing deep thoughts to herbs. And making them think. Maybe I met this bag lady. She said that life was shady. She said, watch out for your back. I said, word, I hear that. I put down my soda can. I said, I'm finished with that. She put it in the garbage bag that she had on her back. She said, it was fast the way the first half of my life went past. Slipping through like the sands of the hourglass. Been through many places And still never have I found that oasis Where I could chill from NYC to the coast of Zanzibar But not ever in one spot was my life up to par I guess that time took advantage of all those nights at the bar It makes you take a look at who you are I know who I am, the traveling man Travel across the land like we can get real close Girl, but we can't hold hands, it's not you And I don't expect you to understand what I am A traveling man, check me out, I'm the traveling man Travel across the land like we can get real close, girl, but we can't hold hands. It's not you, and I don't expect you to understand what I am. A traveling man, check me out, yo. Rap is the profession I choose to pursue, and you can tell by everything that I do. 
When I wake up in the morning, I roll one or two. Throw on some hip hop, and now I'm ready to cop. Excuse me, cope, cause every day I just hope to get smoked and eat. But the cash won't stretch till the end of the week. So I run with the rhythms, I hide with the rhymes. Using hip to hop the hardest of the times. In this life of strife, there's no sense to the dense state of rules and facts. Orchestrated to keep the blacks running in packs, fighting other packs while the other color sits back. To relax, yo, I keep moving to keep my blood rushing like a percussion. PhDs can use my life to strike a discussion of how I touch and go like a traveling man with a clear cut direction like a javelin. And brothers know that I'm unraveling plans to hit the fan and let the world understand who I am. Just very scribbling bombs on the obituaries, having scary nightmares of being stuck right where I am for like years. It's terrible. Then I wake up just a squirrel in this land of peril. Financially sterile, disposition unsettled. No time to backpedal, no time to pack metal. Just time to cast that next vessel out of there. To me, it appears crystal clear that you gotta make the most of that time while you're still here, like the traveling man. Travel across the land like we can get real close, girl, but we can't hold hands. It's not you, and I don't expect you to understand what I am. A traveling man, check me out, I'm the traveling man. Who? Travel across the land like we can get real close, girl, but we can't hold hands. It's not you, and I don't expect you to understand what I am. Just a traveling man, check me out, yo. again my friends that song is called traveling man by caesar labor thanks for that break that's a fine indie tune that you can find on any streaming platform if you so please spotify amazon music youtube etc so check them out remember you heard them first on the jamal show the place to get intelligent moving on it is most definitely a pleasure to have you back with us on the jamal show on wknd and on podcast and on this segment we need to have a little talk about the birds and the bees folks some people call it Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade is the most famous Supreme Court case in existence, and it was a case that was presumably about the viability of a fetus. The case simply tried to answer the question, at what point do we consider a fetus a human being for the purposes of law? Or in other words, at what point does a state have an interest in protecting the fetus from termination? The answer was at the beginning of the third trimester, and that case was decided in 1973. A lot of people make the mistake, in my view, of thinking the answer to that question was a scientific one. As in, when is a fetus scientifically viable? Well, the third trimester, of course. I don't think it was a scientific answer. Because I don't think that science will ever be able to give an answer to the question, when is a fetus a human being? It wasn't a scientific answer. I think that answer was actually a cooperation between pro-lifers and pro-choice people to set a cutoff point, a cutoff point beyond which nobody can get an abortion. And that cutoff point negotiation worked for 50 years. It kept the scene calm for 50 years. The effect of cooperating on that answer to the question, when is a fetus viable, gave women the right to choose an abortion in all 50 states for 50 years. But now the Supreme Court has repealed the Roe versus Wade law. They've gone rogue, coincidentally, just when they've added their first black woman. Nice time to excuse me, delegitimize the court. Well, the, oh, the, the, the institution of itself, the Supreme Court as an institution, is now going back on itself. Right. That's not good. As, this is the first time it's ever brought back any right. Any but, but any right, any. The Supreme Court up until now has only given rights. It's only given rights to citizens. Okay. It's created rights. It hasn't taken any rights back until now. This is you, the first time. Excluding Dred Scott and all that stuff, right? Well, Dred Scott was overturned. And and let me just say this. Uh, Dred Scott, I, I, I was a clerk in the Dred Scott Court. I, I was a clerk in the Dred Scott Court. I went to law school in Missouri, so I was a clerk in the Missouri Supreme Court in the Dred Scott Court. And let me just say, Dred Scott was already a slave. They just said, yeah, you are a slave. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They didn't take a right from him. They, um, after he died, they ended up giving him a right by saying, you know, we were wrong about that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But um, by doing this, by repealing Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court is basically letting the states set all the rules of abortion, which has the pragmatic effect of giving women more rights in some states than in others. 
In fact, abortion is the only act for which one can be totally innocent in one state and serve life for murder in another. Let me, let me just repeat that. A woman could be totally innocent in one state for performing the act of abortion and be guilty of murder in the state right next door. But this, this is only the beginning. As a result of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, some states are discussing restricting the travel of pregnant women so that they cannot seek abortion in other states. That's basically saying that they wish to restrict free travel of pregnant women between states. I mean, that's written, that's literally written in the Constitution that you can, they can't do that. Right. And but red states don't care. They don't care. They are married to ideology, not to freedom of their own people. Not to mention that because of higher teen pregnancy rates and higher maternal mortality rates, laws banning abortion will most likely be used to punish minorities more often than whites. Well, that's true. When you even talk about the ability for to have money to travel at a last minute's notice, because you're on a time limit if you're going to travel and you need an abortion. So you want to talk about income? Uh, disparity, inequity, you know, how can we afford to go to another state? Where are we going to sleep when we get there? What are we going to... So all these things, yeah, like you said, it matters. And, and our law enforcement is well known for attacking low, low-hanging low fruit, people that can't defend themselves, people that don't have lawyers on tap. Right. Um, that's why law enforcement generally goes after. So these laws, these anti-abortion laws are going to be used more in minorities, generally speaking. And the young and the vulnerable. Right, and Another good point to bring is it even sets up inequality in a further point. Not only is it minorities who are going to be more under, you know, uh, the, the, thumb, this, right. under the thumb from this, but you also have inequality just between women in itself. Why should a woman who lives in New York be more valued to be able to have a right over her body than a woman who's living in a state like, I don't know, Texas or somewhere where everything seems to be going wrong. Everything is going absolutely wrong in Texas these days. But now that puts us women at a place against each other. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. In Texas, you could actually have your neighbor sue you for, for having uh, an abortion. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, you can help. Well, I don't like that. A stranger. Well, one of the issues right now that everybody's going to have to confront is the higher higher authority or higher morality of this situation seems to be on the religious side. What right? do you mean by that? It's got the support of the Catholic Church going hands down. You know, I mean, but the Catholic Church is only a small portion of the American public. Uh, as, as small as it may be, uh, it is uh, very influential and. They had been pushing for this for uh, decades, decades, all right? Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would say it's more of a culture war, though, um, because the Catholic Church wasn't always against abortion. <laughs> you know what I'm that's, that's news to me. Well, yeah, it wasn't always against Especially them. when they wanted to cover up some things. You know, well, so. Yeah, there's no doubt. Let's remind, let's remind ourselves that. You know what, Jamal? You could almost do a show on the Catholic Church. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I've stayed away from religion right. simply because it is a week long series. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, we can go deep into that, but here's another important point. An attack on a woman's right to choose is also an attack on privacy because that's where the right emanates from. Basically, the Supreme Court decades ago decided that, hey, you know what's missing from this Constitution? Privacy. And no other right kind of works without it. You know, you can't have a right against um, a search and seizure, you know, an unreasonable search and seizure without privacy in the first place. You got to have privacy in order to have something be unreasonable as a search and seizure, right? Or else why would they need a warrant to search you? You know, um, privacy rights are what govern your right to, to, to parent your child. This is why a grandparent can't sue you to, for visitation. Because technically, a child's raising is not a grandparent's business. That, that's actually been said by the Supreme Court. There is a privacy right in America. What, 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 and it was, it, was, it was created by the Supreme Court. It's not in the Constitution, but it's in a lot of state constitutions. And the thing that baffles me is that conservatives are so willing to give up this privacy right. Like, why are you attacking the right to privacy? Well, and I'll give you even deeper, a double take on that privacy issue. So now they are, we have women who have been victims of rape 
incest and things like that where they would have gotten abortion and not had to carry carry out this hard burden of raising a child that may very well be the child of their attacker or their family member. So now, because they're going to be forced to have these children when they have to reveal, well, who's the child's the, father? The, that, you don't even... That thing, that's what kills that me here. The thing that kills me here is that um, these laws, as, of, as they stand, force a woman... If a woman's raped, right... Say say I'm in love with a woman and I'm a rapist and I want to force her to have my child. I have the state to thank for helping me. Right. You know, I want to wait outside. Say I want to break up her marriage and I want to rape her or I want to sexually assault her. And now the state's going to force her to have my child. Right. And if you would have gotten <laughs> you know abortion, saying? you would have been able to keep thank it you, state. perhaps that you've been raped, that you have these things. Now, once you're forced, it will no longer be a thing of privacy. It will be, hey, so now. So now I go to jail for ten. I go to jail for ten years for rape, right? And I get out, and I have parental rights. Right. No. I I now have parental rights, and I, she always has to be involved with me for the rest of her life because the state forced her to have my child after I raped her. Yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? The, the, there's another argument to this, and let's state it that if you decided that you, <clears throat> even though you were, even though the woman was raped and all that kind of stuff, uh, having the kid, she could always give it up. To, for adoption, she does not have to raise that child. You know what? We don't treat Let me just counter his. Let me just counter your point. As not being a woman, we could give up the child for adoption, but we still have to carry that child yeah, yeah. for nine months. We still have to go with whatever health complications come when we go on that table. Sometimes our life is in stake because we have a child inside of us. So this is the thing. No, no, I got, I got that idea. You know what? That makes all the sense in the world. What the state should do is provide another woman to carry the child. A, a surrogacy. Provide, yeah. yeah go, the state should have a, a, um, a group of women that are willing to carry a child because they're against abortion, see? They're against abortion, see? So say, they should be involved in helping the situation by carrying the child themselves. You know, if you're so that, against that, abortion... That is a legitimate the argument. The state should provide women that can be concubines... For women that don't want to, oh, I'll well, give it to you. Then. Rich women have it all all the time. Let's you take yeah. the rich. Rich women have this all. Yeah. They fly to India. They fly all these other countries, and you know have these uh, babies that are uh, raised. How would you say brought to term by uh, other people? But here's the thing: privacy rights also cover a parent's rights to raise their children, a person's right to marry who they want to. Those are all under privacy rights. Um, that um. The the gay marriage was decided under a privacy right. Are you going to talk about my my favorite Supreme Court justice? Oh, you must be talking about Justice Clarence Thomas. Are, are always, we going to get to always, that? I know you have his autograph picture on your wall. Oh, please, that must be it. Have you, hey, are, because you know I'm waiting for him to come out against loving. Well, so the thing I is, I want him to come out against loving. So this is the big thing about <laughs> privacy rights. Privacy rights also cover interracial marriage. You have a privacy right. So it's private who you want to marry. You can marry a white one. This was the Loving versus Virginia. Um, it's a big case. This was the first um, accepted interracial marriage. And by the way, she was gorgeous. <laughs> so if you look at a picture, they, they were a very, yeah, she was. They were a very, yeah, she was. They were a very nice man. looking couple. The Loving couple were a very nice looking couple. And um, and they are the ones that established rights to have uh, interracial marriage. Now, Justice Thomas did say he's what, a type. He, what did he say? He, you know what? He's an equal opportunity aggressor. He's attacking all the privacy rights. He's saying, hey, you know what we need to go after next? We need to go after the right to contraception. Right. We need to go after gay marriage. Yes, he did. He didn't, say, to loving. he didn't say that they were going to go after interracial marriage, though. He didn't say that. I don't know why, but it could have something to do with the fact that he's married to a white woman. You think? I'm just you saying. Think? I'm just saying. And everybody knows that because he's a... She's kind of. She's not very flake, quiet. A flake. She's not very quiet with her opinions. I'm calling them flakes now. Don't. She's kind of a Trump cultist. She's kind of a Trump supporter, and so she's out there kind of messing up his whole Supreme Court justice thing, getting trying. Over seven hundred thousand people have signed a petition for him to be impeached. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm quite aware. So he said that he, he agrees with Jamal here. He says that it doesn't make sense to go after one privacy right. We might as well go after all of them, right? While, while except in, except while the one except the one that affects him. Right, except right, that one. While we're you in know. the room, let's let's do what yeah. we can do. Yeah, but he doesn't. He just doesn't want to go after that one. Love him. Yeah, love. He doesn't want to go after interracial marriage right. because he doesn't want to affect love. That's between love between two people. Blah blah blah. Love blah, blah. is sacred. Gay marriage. That's on the block, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. okay. and you know what? If you use a condom, 
You better hurry up and get somebody that's still available. That's what Justice Clarence Thomas is saying. You mean couldn't find tampons, right? But uh, well, they're saying they're going to take away the condoms, Plan B. They're, they're saying, oh, we're going to start regulating that too. So anything that's a contract, hey, they might even start regulating birth control. You know, like you said, what they're what saying, happened? what they're saying is that nothing in the con, nothing that's not written in the in the four corners of the Constitution is real, right? You don't really have those rights; they're made up. What I pointed out just recently, last week on Facebook, is that the word women isn't included in the Constitution. So you don't really have a right to be a lady. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Goodbye, ladies' night. <laughs> you know and, and why this store is just for women. Like, the word woman is not included in the Constitution. And in fact, when the Constitution was written, when the Constitution was written, women still couldn't vote. They weren't considered citizens. Women didn't get the right to vote until 1920. So, just in case they're feeling like on top of the world... You know, <laughs> you know, stuff can be taken from all of us. They're coming for you next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would just say that um, I don't know what to say, quite well, frankly. Well, I'm going to make a personal statement. The- I'm going to make a personal statement. And that is this. As a parent who has lost his child to sudden infant death syndrome a few years ago, I would never advocate to anybody to get an abortion. I feel very strongly that every child should have a chance to live. But since I'm not crazy... I realize that I can't make my beliefs the basis of someone else's health decisions. Right. So that means if I'm a Christian, I can't expect you to act as a Christian. Right. Therefore, everyone has the right to go to hell in their own basket. Um, You have to be 71 in order to say things like that. Right. Well, and, you know, (laughs) further add on to the point that I am pro-choice because of extreme situations only. But as far as uh, uh, some women who are getting it done over and over again just because they don't want the responsibility, that's to me is not okay. Lost or lost the child. So you understand it's a fine line when you talk about this, but the basis is that we can't take away that. I don't think they, they My point is this. Right. My point is this, and I'm going to make it very pragmatic. I can't tell a woman to keep to stay pregnant in hopes of a healthy child any more than I can tell a man not to masturbate because he might be wasting sperm. And I'm not the only man who feels this way. Obviously, over 90 prosecutors around the nation have signed a statement saying they will not prosecute any woman for their health decisions in any anti-abortion state. That's powerful. That's a powerful statement by the people who matter, the prosecutors. That's as it stands now. As time goes on, the longer this is allowed to stay in place, the more permanent into our mindset. Well, Biden said... Biden saying that he thinks the Republicans are going to make an abortion ban nationwide. Look, well, bo- both of man's the penis- whole point is, is we ha- we have an election coming up, and if people needed to speak, they need to speak now. now. Yeah, yeah. This is it. Right. This is okay. Time. Look, both a man's penis and a woman's uterus are out of U.S. jurisdiction, in my view. And the funny thing is, the government doesn't even have the right to know when a woman is pregnant. So government should have not should not have a say in the pregnancy. So I am pro-choice ultimately. Although I don't want any babies aborted. Right. I myself was supposed to be aborted. I'm glad I wasn't. But since I am pro-choice, I have to acknowledge an environment where women are being criminalized for making health decisions. As ridiculous as it sounds, that's the case. And as such, I want to do a public service announcement on how to keep pregnant women out of the slammer. Because even if abortion is now illegal in your state, you retain certain rights as a citizen. Your doctor, for example, cannot report that you are pregnant to authorities. Your doctor cannot report that you are seeking an abortion in another state. Your medical information is private in every state due to what are called HIPAA regulations, HPPA. These are federal regulations that protect your privacy regarding your health. But federal HIPAA regulations do not protect you from a search warrant, and they do not protect you from snitching yourself through Facebook or <laughs> other apps that track your period or your menstruation cycle. So women have got to be careful about how they publicize their health situations and what information they put on their phone if they're on a red state. It's sad because the fear is, here's the fear, and many of us are not old enough to remember this, but you might be, Max, so stay around. I'm here. The overturning of Roe versus Wade will take us back to the days when teenagers were dying every day due to botched abortions. This happened. This was a norm decades ago. 
It can happen again. My first job before I went into professional school, I mean, I was the guy, I worked for a coroner, and I was the guy who would have to go pull them out the river, okay, because they were, they were dying. Women using coat hangers, glycerin and soap, all this other stuff. There's a good article in the Atlantic last week about this. I didn't know this. You being around for this, I didn't know it was like that bad. I heard about... I heard about bots abortions, but I thought it was like once in a while, you know, the worst case scenario would make the paper. I was reading this this article in the Atlantic about this older guy, he's a doctor, and he was like, This would happen all the time. All the time. Um he, he talked about fake doctors who would fill women with Lysol. Lysol. Yeah. Why? I, I saw glycerin and soap and coat hangers being the big thing. Really? Yeah. Doctors would poke needles. Especially among college girls. And and these would be young girls, like 16, who were scared to tell their parents. So yeah. they would do anything. Doctors would, I mean, fake doctors would poke needles in their stomach yeah. to kill the baby. Yeah. And they would allow that to happen. And you know what? They have three rules. Um, you're only going to see me once. You're not, you're not going to know my name. And forget you ever met me. So when the authorities tried to investigate this stuff, the woman wouldn't even know who, who to tell them to go to. So these guys are making all this money killing women. Thousands of women a year died over government restrictions like the ones being legislated by Republicans today. What we learned years ago is that you can never stop a woman from seeking an abortion if she wants one. All you can do is just make abortion safe so that 2,000 women don't die every year from botched abortions. From people who they're instructed never to contact again. And on that note, it's time to take another commercial break. But don't worry. Jamal Show commercial breaks never actually include a commercial. What we do instead is play some refreshing indie music. This time is going to be a song called BBD by Kenny Freestyle featuring my boy Ty Bless. It can be found on all streaming platforms. Please listen and enjoy it.
this all day. All day. And when that baby when you dance, I just gotta take a chance. Risk it all just to say. We can take it to the floor, get busy. Get all around all night, getting dizzy. I'm feeling good, you feeling me like dizzy. Live what I see, what I do, what I glisten. Smack that bottom by mistake on the floor. My behind these hurt, but I can still get loud. Dancing with my mask on. I need some love. What that big booty dance? Out of time, so I gotta stop that beautiful song in order to bring you a very important public service announcement. Hello again, my friends. That song you just heard was BBD by Kenny Freestyle and my homie Type Less. I do love that song. If you like it too, you can find it wherever you get your music. You know the routine. Just look for Type Less, that's two words, C-Y-B-L-E-S-S. And remember, you heard it on the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent first. Now, you must have all noticed how expensive things have gotten. Food, gas, sex workers, all, all necessary household products. And we hear about Putin's price hike because of the war. We keep hearing about that word, inflation. And we also hear another word. We hear a word that we may be soon go- be going into, and that's called a recession. And when we hear these oncoming recession fears, we hear it's Joe Biden's fault because the midterms are coming. I really want to address that idea that the oncoming recession is Joe Biden's fault, even though it will be on his watch. But first of all, let me say, I do believe we're going to be going into a recession soon, by next year. And no, I do not believe it's Joe Biden's fault. But I do believe that we all have to prepare ourselves. If we go into recession and and it's anything like 2008, then it will be hell. I remember 2008 and I didn't enjoy it. To better prepare you as a listener, I think it's important to take this last few minutes of the Jamal Show to clarify just what inflation is and what a recession is. And I'll use a very simple example for you all to understand. Consider it yet another public service announcement from the Jamal Show. Now, inflation is when there is more money in the economy than stuff to spend it on. Here's an example. You own a fried chicken restaurant in Harlem, my beloved hometown, where they love chicken a lot. One day, everybody in Harlem hits the lottery at the same time. They all come to get those really expensive gourmet fried chicken wings that you sell at your restaurant. Usually, they're too expensive for the working man, but now everybody has a lot of money. So they all come to get some gourmet wings. Soon... You, the owner, start running out of chicken as they are selling faster than you can replace them as the owner of the restaurant. You need to find a way to slow down the sales in order to keep some inventory. And you need to avoid having an empty inventory. So you decide to raise the price of your gourmet wings, if only to slow down the sales to the point where you can keep up with the orders. When you raise the prices, that, my friends, is inflation. But wait. You have an entrepreneurial spirit. You decide to expand beyond the chicken wing restaurant you have and invest in raising your own chickens. You hire employees and take advantage of the spike of the public interest in chicken wings. You make a profit until the Harlem lottery winnings start running out for the people. Then, over time, the demand for chicken wings in your own hometown begins to wane. That's Harlem. You have to start letting go of employees at your new chicken farm. When you start letting go of employees, that, my friends, is a recession. It's that simple. You have too much money in the market, things start getting more expensive because everyone can buy things. Is is that a recession is when your friends have lost their job. Depression is when you lost yours. That's an old school saying from an old school man. Nice. So is the oncoming recession Joe Biden's fault? Well, you can make the argument that during the COVID pandemic, Joe Biden flooded the economy with too much money by giving American citizens too much support while they couldn't work during lockdowns. That's the equivalent of people in Harlem all winning the lottery at once. That's Joe Biden gave a lot of money out, and Trump did too, by the way, and Congress. Or you can make the argument that lockdowns should never have happened. And therefore, the government would not have felt the need to flood the economy with money in the first place. But the first lockdowns were started by governors, not by Joe Biden. So that's first of all. In fact, there never was a national lockdown instituted by Joe Biden. He never locked the whole country down. He just supported governors. And Joe Biden wasn't the only one who flooded the economy with money either. Congress did that. They voted for it. And at one point, so did Trump. He's responsible for flooding the economy with money, surprise, as he should have. By the way, are we really going to say that the government should not, should not have given support to Americans who couldn't work? 
And who knew how much would be enough? From what I remember, nobody complained about getting money at the time. So, you know, the right thing to do was to flood the economy with money because Joe Biden wanted to make sure that people could stay in the apartments and that people could feed their children. So, no. The recession, if it happens, and I fear that it will, is not Joe Biden's fault. But I have to leave it there because I'm now running out of time. But I got to send a big, hefty shout out to everybody in and out of the studio who helps produce this show. The bishop, now the archbishop, Dr. Matt, Joe Duncan, DJ Alex Sanchez, and Ty Bless. Of course, the beautiful Deborah. Big shout out to you guys. But most importantly, thanks so much to all of you listeners. Without you, we would have nobody to talk to, and that would be a sad sight to see indeed. See you on July 16th, 2022, my friends. Until then, I need you to take care of yourself. And by the way, try to take care of someone else, too. Have a good day.